you had the time to lose, an open mind and time to choose, would you care to take a look or can you read me like a book? Lost somewhere in time. This is American Pale Males, and I am one half of your nerdy beer tasting podcast host, Jeremy. And with me is the Iron Michael. Iron Mike? I don't know if I want to take that nickname. But, no, no, um, I, uh, that's why I, I knew you would go with Michael because there, you've you've always been Michael. Yes, Iron Mike. I caught myself <laughs> okay. after that, but uh, that was "Caught Somewhere in Time" by Iron Maiden. Michael. Oh, it's a okay. solid song. It almost um, sounded like a movie trailer intro. Well, you had nice gravitas there. They they have a very uh, theatrical presence. Oh yeah, both yeah. on stage and in song. One of these days, I'll see them. And in oh. their pinball machine. And in their awesome pinball. We we saw that at my bachelor party, didn't we? That's right, yeah. Oh, so long ago? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That was a hard pinball machine. Yeah. But Michael... Pricey, too, as I remember. But. Extremely pricey. Um, now that we've gotten the formalities out of the way, what with it being National Iron Maiden Day and everything, um, <laughs> give me a, hit me with the beer brag. Um, I'm going back for this one because I, I need to circle back because um, I think I forgot it. Okay. And... Um, cause I think I would remember talking about this one cause it's called grandpa's got a gun. Yeah. You brought this up earlier to, to just to confirm. And I'm like, yeah, I think I would have remembered this one. That said, it's entirely possible. You've talked about this before. Yeah. Well, I'll just, I don't remember. Again. So it's new to me. <laughs> there you go. This is from Oso brewing in Plover, Wisconsin. It's a maple strong ale Ooh. aged in used oak brandy barrels. Interesting. Yes. It's pretty so hefty. That's, a, that's yeah. an awful lot going on in one beer, Michael. Yes. And I was actually a little concerned about that, but they did a pretty good job with it. Uh, it's 12% ABV. That'll do it. Uh, yeah, 40 IBU, um, okay. which doesn't really come into play. But yeah, the predominant flavors are actually sweetness, not like a candy sweetness or anything like that, but uh, Multi. a nice... Yeah, not even malty because it's from the syrup, and I think the brandy puts a little uh, zing on it, a little oh, yeah. kind of fruitiness or, you know, mm-hmm. brandy's fruit, right? Uh, Actually, I've told you my brandy story, haven't I? What's the brandy story? How my grandfather would keep it in a, Robitus- in a cleaned-out Robitussin bottle, and uh, I was sick one time at like eh, 8, 9, 10, something like that. <laughs> oh, no. And he's sitting out at the table with my dad at their house, and he's just like, oh, hey, got a cough, do you? And I'm like, yeah, I've got a cold. And he says, go over there and grab some of that uh, Robitussin. And I'm like, and I'm like, okay. I was like, where's the little cup, Grandpa? And he's like, yeah, just take some out of the bottle. I'm like, Grandpa? And my dad's <laughs> sitting there laughing because he knows what's about to happen. So, and Grandpa's like, see, it's okay. And then he takes a, a rip off of it. And so I was like, okay. And if I'm... I, I'm pretty sure it's blackberry brandy because I believe that was his jam, no pun intended. Uh-huh. Yeah. And uh, I haven't had brandy since. Okay. okay. It's disgusting. I can't do it. It's <laughs> I can't um, do it. A grandpa story, too, for uh-huh. this grandpa beer um, related <laughs> adjacently. Oh, hey, good point. Wow. Um, was there a rationale for restoring it in the Robitussin? Is that just a little novelty thing or was it a secret thing? I don't think my grandmother cared because I don't remember my grandfather being, you know, like drinking any more than just like right. the occasional schnapps and like beer or what have you. But I think it was just hilarious. 
I, I don't know. Which it turned out to be, apparently, for it, it kind of, your grandpa and dad. In, in retrospect, it is pretty funny. And if it wasn't, like, if this was, you know, like 15, 20 years earlier, we could do this, but I don't think we can get away with it anymore. <laughs> yeah. Um, Hashtag yes. problematic. <laughs> um, yes. But what did so, you think of the beer, Michael? <laughs> the beer, yes. Back to the beer. So, yeah, it had a nice sweetness to it and barrelocity about it from the brandy, mm-hmm. which is different than whiskey, too, which I sure is. like. Yeah, so the, the maltiness and to the extent the barrelness was a nice like undercurrent to these more stronger maple and brandy flavors. Mm-hmm. So it was flipped the barrel age concept on its head by presenting some different flavors. It's a long style, <laughs> as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's kind of hard to wrap my head around, but I would overall thumbs up. Um, this is part of their, it was gone for a while and now it's back. It seems to be like a one-off they put out every once in a while. Like a rotating special draft sort of thing. Yeah, yeah. So um, if you can find it, it's it's very interesting and worth a try. Hmm. Bring me some. Yeah, I'll see if, if it's still out there. Well, Michael, while you were busy doing that, I'm going with uh, a surprise beer that came to me on my wedding weekend, not my wedding day. My wedding mm. weekend at the rehearsal dinner. A uh, friend of the show, I guess Council of the Great White North, stopped at a Midnight Sun Brewing kiosk in the airport and grabbed Ooh. me Kodiak Brown Ale. This is a, a a solid, solid brown ale. I hadn't had one in a while that felt like the American style of a brown ale without uh-huh. like dipping into like porter or anything like that. Uh, it comes in at 5% alcohol by volume, 24 IBUs, rugged yet smooth Kodiak brown ale, Barron's caramel and roasted malts with Northwest Pearl and Willamette. It still seems weird to me. Mm-hmm. Hops. This American brown ale's intrepid maltiness is delicious. I liked this one quite a bit just because it felt like what I wanted out of a brown. Kind without... of a return to form, like a... It, except it was... It's not like a Newcastle. Mm-hmm. I don't want to give that impression. But it did feel like an American version of a Newcastle, just the American IPA versus uh, like an English. Okay. It's it's that level of difference. A little more heft to it, a little more build. They had the same DNA, but it's it's like our football players versus their football players. One's right. a lot bigger and beefier and means more business in theory, which is not to denigrate English soccer players because... Those guys don't wear pads. But, <laughs> but it's, a, it's a very good beer. I believe I gave it 4.25 on Untapped. Yeah. Nice. Uh, someday we'll get, I'll get some of their beer down here for us to do together. And it'll be a okay. good time. It'll be yeah, a good time yeah. when it happens because I like everything I've had by them. Yeah. Do you know what city they're based out of offhand? Anchorage, Alaska. Ah, yes, yes, yes. Um, Alaska's a good drinking state, Michael. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they have many more breweries since last time I was there and anything that we get that makes it all the way here. But you know, uh-huh. what I've had has been great. So they do sell bombers of uh, Anchorage Brewing Company down here. I think it's Anchorage Brewing. Yeah. Um, have we had any of those together? Uh, we had some PJ pre-Jeremy, mm. but not, I don't think we've AM have had mm-hmm. that. It took me a second. <laughs> but yes, it's they have a lot of uh, sours up there. I believe I sent you the pictures of those giant French oak fermenting tanks. Yes, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, but yeah, it's 
Delightful. Excellent. Jeremy, you know, we're talking about some artisanal breweries here, and we have one coming up for the FDR, but first... We do. <laughs> related to the FDR, I have a quiz Okay. I found about art. Uh-huh. And I think, I don't know how well we'll do this quiz, but it seems like this is an actual quiz that is an interesting topic. Okay. And it might read more like a wiki hole, but I don't know. We'll see how it goes. And That's then... fine. I, I am no stranger to a good wiki hole. Okay. This is uh, from funtrivia.com, which has brought us some nice bombs of trivias. Mm. But um, this one actually looks good. It's called When Bad Things Happen to Good Art. Okay. Quiz authored by Leela Dida. Oh, Leela Dida. I get it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) So let's just get into it. Let's do it. Of the following art forms, which is the most likely to deteriorate? Oil painting on canvas, tapestry, marble sculpture, fresco. My gut reaction is tapestry. That was mine too. Just because it's on cloth, right? right? Okay. Yeah. Now, the only one I'm unsure of is fresco. Uh, it pops up in a lot of books that I read. It is fresco. Because uh, fresco is a painting done rapidly in watercolor on wet plaster on a wall or ceiling so that the colors penetrate the plaster and become fixed as it dries. Well... Had we known that. (laughs) Yeah. Trivia says this is due to problems with the humidity and structural integrity of frescoed walls. It tends to Mm -hmm. slough off and die. Well, yeah, it makes sense. Number two. This masterwork was sprayed with sulfuric acid in 1990 by an escaped mental patient. See, this is kind of interesting. As if that wasn't bad enough, the same artist suffered the same fate in Russia. Was it Starry Night by Van Gogh, Birth of Venus by Botticelli, The Night Watch by Rembrandt, or The Scream by Edvard Munch? I'm sure that's not Munk. Munch! Um, Stop munching. I don't think it's Starry Night. I'm very curious of the circumstances, um, but I don't know the answer. Just how a crazed mental patient got sulfuric acid and broke into a I mean, presumably a museum. Right. Scream? That seems to speak to... um, Mental illness? Yeah. Yeah, let's go with Scream. Let's just go with that. All right. Second guess is Rembrandt. I'm with you on that. It was the Rembrandt. It was not badly damaged. However, it was also attacked in 1911 and 1975. The same painting? The same painting, apparently. What is it a painting of? Um, actually, when looking at other quizzes, came across this, and it's just some soldiers of that time. Militia Company of District 2 under the yeah. command of Captain Franz Bonnick-Kuch, also known as the Shooting Company of Franz Bonnick-Kuch, and Willem von Reutenburg, but commonly referred to as the Night Watch, is a 1642 painting by Rembrandt van Rijn. Rijn? Rijn? You never hear his last name. I, I never thought, I thought Rembrandt was his last name. Yeah. I'm not exactly an art fanatic. Is in the collection of the Amsterdam Museum, but most pro- but is prominently displayed in the Rijksmuseum as the best known painting in its collection. One of the most famous Dutch Golden Age paintings. It's famous for three br- things, Michael. It's colossal size. Mm-hmm. 11.91 feet by 14.34 feet. That's big. The dramatic use of light and shadow and the perception of motion in what would have traditionally been a static military group portrait. The figures are almost life-size. Good wow. lord. Okay. Cool. 
Next question. Yes. What bad thing happened to Italian artist Giorgio Vasari's Last Supper? It was destroyed by fire in Siena. It was stolen by fascists in World War II. It was damaged in a flood in Florence. It was stolen by a gallery employee. Hmm. So I'm looking at this. I'm, I'm just doing this in image searches, by the way. I'm okay. not, I'm not Wikipediaing this. Just to give you a little context. Yes, it's, um, this is a very uh, religious looking, it's not the famous one of The Last Supper. Oh, yeah. But it like is the... similar. Mm-hmm. It looks more detailed than the famous one. And it kind of looks like someone is strangling someone off to the right. Oh. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to suspect that it was... I like the fascist one because it reminds me of that Simpsons with the German guy. They have to give the, the hellfish. They have to give the painting back to the hellfish. I know this is Italian, but... Let's do it. Okay. Second guess is fire. All right. No, it was a devastating flood in 1966. Curses. Destroying countless irreplaceable works of art. That's no good. Um, Number four. In those who can't do destroy category, what is Canadian <laughs> Jubal Brown's preferred method of defacing art? I like this guy. He urinates on it. He vomits on it. He spray paints graffiti on it. He attacks it with a garden claw. My guess is vomit. You want to do vomit? But we can do vomit. I I do. Urination is just so base, and I think you could technically be charged with, like... Indecent uh, exposure or something. Or or something like that, yeah, yeah. The garden claw is pretty Freddy Krueger, but we'll we'll go with vomit. Lewd conduct of sorts. Uh, yes. Uh, there's details about what he's trying to do here about different colors mm-hmm. but we'll just that's a little we don't that's need to get into that. technically awesome and we'll let you discover that on your own yes in 1558 what did pope paul the fourth order done to michelangelo's last judgment in the sistine chapel i think i know this one. Oh, uh it'd be he ordered himself painted into the picture he ordered it to be covered with another painting he ordered clothes to be painted onto the nude figures he ordered it to be covered by a tapestry. Which one do you think it is, Michael? Oh, I'll say the nudes. I think that's what it is. Painting the nudes. Mm-hmm. Yes, and that is correct. Michelangelo felt that humankind would be judged as it was born, nude. Mm-hmm. The Pope was shocked and ordered a colleague of Michelangelo's to paint clothes onto the figure, especially of the saints. <laughs> that's kind of a sexy heaven. Next question. Which of the following has not been the fate of the British crown jewels? (laughs) Lost in quicksand, hidden in Scotland, pawned, melted down into coins. My guess is melted down into coins because they're jewels. Quicksand? That's... There's a lot of bog people over there, Michael. (laughs) Um, Okay, we can say that. I have a feeling, though, because the crown jewels are like a scepter and a crown. Good point. Okay, what are you thinking? quicksand i okay very fantastical oh that's wrong so is the coins hidden in scotland that was the answer yeah they've never been hidden in scotland which seems the most like plausible (laughs) plausible yeah because you'd think they would notice if the crown jewels were like pawned uh several british monarchs or their consorts resorted to pawning the jewels and King John lost his entire regalia in quicksand in 1216. <laughs> I might have to look into that one a little more. Mm-hmm. I guess 
maybe those aren't the current crown jewels, but one of the sets, I guess. I don't. That's very odd. Mm-hmm. A Stradivarius cello was missing for three weeks in 2004 after being stolen from the Los Angeles Philharmonic. In what ignominious place was the magnificent instrument found? A public bathroom, the Liberace Museum, Forest Lawn Cemetery, near a dumpster. Dumpster is like the worst. I feel like it was in a public bathroom, but I'm not sure. Okay. Might have public bathroom is pretty hilarious. Yeah. That's not right. Curses. It is the dumpster. Lame. At least uh, try to sell it on eBay or something. Yeah. Uh, the cello was nicknamed General Kid. Was slightly damaged, but was expected to fully recover. What happened to the controversial modern artwork called Hell by Jake and Dinos Chapman? Destroyed by fire. Purchased by a church, which had it destroyed. Stolen by the Hell's Angels. Was responsible for a gallery patron's death and is no longer exhibited. I think it's the death one. I don't know I, anything I th- about that. I this, think but... these are the same guys that did Piss Christ. But I could oh, be wrong. Okay. I could be wrong. I'm probably wrong. Um, we'll, we'll give that a go. No. It was destroyed in fire. Hell, a mixed media work which sold for 500,000 pounds, was destroyed in a warehouse fire in May of 2004. The brothers planned to create a second hell. <laughs> um, and they did not do Piss Christ. Oh. But... Um, That's a solid piece of art. <laughs> it's actually liquid. So this was a difficult quiz, but it was very interesting, I thought. Yeah. Triggered a few wiki sidetracks there, obviously, but uh shows you how much we don't know about art, Jeremy, or at least it's true. destroying art. I don't generally agree with destroying art. Yeah. So I mean, sometimes if it's funny but, <laughs> or if the destruction is part of the art. Like it's performance art or something like that, then sure, but uh, but yeah, I I don't know these things. Nor do I. I'm going way too far down a rabbit hole. Yeah, yeah. Let's stick to beer, and get into this week's FDR. In theory, we know something about it. In yeah, more than art probably, because today we have from Untitled Art, in collaboration with Ascension Brewing, we have. Brute Rose IPA. Or is it Brute Rose? Oh, there's no accent. That's a good question. Is it Brute Rose or Brute Rose? So, we've had this one sitting around, and it originally came in a four-pack. And having had this beer before... Yes, peeling back the curtain. I think I can say it's Rose. Okay. This was... I got this one. It was a gift to Jeremy for the bachelor party... Um, I got it because I thought, oh, maybe we'll do a little like mm-hmm. beer tasting, but many other festivities got in the way, so I just it's true. kept one for myself and then gave the rest to Jeremy. Mm-hmm. So I'm really interested. You know, the Brute IPA style has been a... It's been a fascinating uh, devil. Yes, of intense focus on the show. Um, we had a good one not too long ago, the... What was that again? The Brute's Best. Best. Yes from Confluence, but we'll see how this one stacks up. As far as the brewery itself, I don't know if you looked into this. There's not a lot. <laughs> There's really not. Even their website, they talk more about the artists who make these labels on the cans mm-hmm. than the beer. There's literally, if you go to the beer section, there's nothing. Yeah. There's no beers listed there. There's artists, and then 
the breweries they collaborate with. Um, looking at the Beer Advocate website, there is something here that says beers are brewed at another brewery. And so I think it's kind of like, what was that? Splong? Sploing? Sploing? Yeah, where it's like, technically that's a, what was it, like Danish or something? or Oh, Omnipoyo? Omnipoyo, yes. Yeah. Like they're they're in Europe, but they brew, New they York? physically brew the beer in like New York, yeah. So I think this is kind of like a version of that where they develop concepts somewhere and then brew elsewhere or vice versa or something. It's not clear. The only thing they say about themselves are they are bringing new beer styles to Wisconsin in a market filled with exhausting backstories and kitschy names. We just let the beer speak for itself. That's tough, but fair. Yeah. There, this is oh, the only details you can find is that this is a Brut Ro- Rosé IPA <laughs> that contains hibiscus and strawberry. It is made at Ascension Brewing Company. This is a pint, and it's 7% ABV. Oh, yeah, there it is. That is it's, on the, it's hiding. Yes, on the, bo- uh, the can mm-hmm. on the very bottom. This is a tall boy. Artist Noel Miller, and it's a kind of abstract, pinkish, flowery-ish. It's impressionistic kind of i don't know i don't as we've established michael yes <laughs> we don't know art okay should we open it yes we shall okay good what kind of glass are you using for this michael you know i scrambled upstairs to get one and i just grabbed a a shaker which maybe not ideal it's it'll be fine i think it's you know acceptable though mm-hmm. i am using my exile joblet Hmm. Yeah, that might be a little more... Because all of the other IPA glasses I have are ones that are theoretically designated for the IPAs. Uh, will not hold a tall boy. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is... Right? It's pink. It's not even pink. It's like a red rose, rose color. Imagine yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. And it is slightly brown, I guess, but they really nailed that, I think. If that's what they're going for. But it mm-hmm. is... Yeah. So the more I think about it, the more I don't know if it's rosé, because rosé is a blend between red and white, correct? Like, I don't know wine. Right. Okay. This is somewhere between a red and a white. Right. Yeah. And I would say on the can, that is that, would you call that a rose? I would say that's a rose color. Yeah. Play on words, maybe? Who knows? I mean, it's probably. It smells, the strawberry smells coming through. Mm-hmm. And then maybe bolstered by some hops, perhaps? Very aromatic, dry hops. It is, a, well, do we think it's a dry hop or do we think it's the dry style of the IPA? Because it is a brute. That is true, too. How about you go in, Michael? I already have. All right. I'm looking forward to this one. Oh, that tastes different than I thought it would. Right. <laughs> I was, obviously, you know, with that smell, I was expecting something sweet um, You're almost expecting like uh, like a strawberry sour without the sour, just like a strawberry fruit beer. Yes. Strawberry blonde. Yes, there you go. Uh, but it is very dry. Mm-hmm. It's bone dry. So it's very weird to have that dryness with that fruitiness. Mm-hmm. That is pretty wild. It's It's weird. I can't think of another beer that I've had like this because every Brute IPA I've had has been in the, the dried champagne style. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas this one, I suspect, is probably going for that rosé feel. And it, it works. 
Yeah. So well. I really in it like this this beer is a little old by now, but it's not like crazy old. I suspect Mm-mm. it was pretty dang close to being fresh when you got it. Yeah. Well, the can says there it is. Seven yeah, canned on seven twenty nine nineteen. Does that sound right? Yeah, that's okay. what I got too. Yeah. Okay, good. Uh peeling back the kimono more. We are recording this earlier, so Yes. By the time this airs, it's probably at least a month, but so it's still pretty fresh. This is what's known as a rainy day episode. <laughs> that is weird. Yeah, it's the hibiscus also adds a weird earthy flavor. That is a good point. I forgot about that. That's in there too for sure, though. But like the balance is unreal. It is, and you do get a that really dry aftertaste too. I think that might be part of the hibiscus. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I can see that. Mm-hmm. The front kind of tastes like uh like a dried strawberry. Mm-hmm. Again, with it the does. sweetness removed. Oh, kind of like uh, in the uh, Special K with strawberries. Yeah, yeah, there's a good or Or point. the uh, the Honey Bunches of Oats with strawberries. Also a good one. And then that kind of fades away, and then you get the, uh, this is kind of a contradictory term, but the dry maltiness. Uh-huh. I guess the lack of maltiness, uh, mm-hmm. giving you that bitterness, so it, it kind of this strawberry kind of dips down a roller coaster into the bitter world. And it it's a weird bitterness. Like it's got it's that weird floral bitterness that comes from the the hibiscus presumably. Right. And and whatever hops in tandem with hops. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's just like this is one that I feel could be used as like a sipper over the course of a night. Yes. But it's also a quaffer. It's quaffable. I was based on the smell you would think you would be able to crush it. I don't think you could crush it. I don't think you, you could crush it, but... Speaking of which, once again, Michael, this is a 7% beer. Mm-hmm. It does not seem like a 7% beer, Michael. No. Yeah, I was going to say, of all the flavors we talked about, like a, a booziness or mm-hmm. alcohol burn, warmth doesn't necessarily come through. I, I feel like it's 7% is when you start to notice that. Right. The threshold, yeah. Because, like... A, a, a six-ish, maybe not necessarily. You might, you might not. But I feel like it at least seven is when it's you get it in like a double IPA, like say a Torpedo or your double IPA of choice. Right, yeah. But this one has so much like other flavors going on, with, mm-hmm. especially the bitterness dominates the aftertaste mm-hmm. that, um, it, yeah, you don't experience that at all. Mm-hmm. And it's not a it's, you know, it's not a spray paint bitterness either. It's actually kind no, of no, no. It's a very pleasant bitterness. Yeah, a, 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 a volatile bitterness almost. A, f- a fruity bitterness. Yeah, which is weird because it's a strawberry is not a bitter fruit. Yeah, it's it's bizarre. It definitely takes a brewed IPA in a, a different direction. Mm-hmm. Brewed IPA is already being a degree of freedom away from a classic IPA style, and this goes another degree even further. So it's. Super interesting. I'm taking barbershop in weird new directions, Michael. <laughs> is, that, is that Simpsons? It, it is. Okay. It's what I think about this. Yeah. Back when Barney Yoko's the band and uh, yes, he asks for a duff and his girlfriend, the Japanese visual artist, asks for a single plum floating in perfume in a man's hat. Yeah. And and Mo serves it up, right? And Mo's, Mo's got one ready to go. <laughs> this is kind of a, yeah, a fl- single plum floating in a... In a man's, man's hat. hat. And you might even say the perfume in, like, not a bad way. 
Yeah. It, the hibiscus gives it sort of that floral. Floral. That's what I'm looking for. I almost said uncanny, and that's not accurate. Yeah, because there is some familiarity there. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've had... Um, who was that hibiscus one we had? Uh, that was uh, from, from Revolution. Yeah. That may have been... That, that one was very good. But it's not as good as this one. Yeah. Um, but now that you say that, you almost get like a an herbal tea quality with I that. I was just going to ask if you have had a a two-part question now that I think about it. Hmm. Are you a hibiscus tea fan? You know, I... Or have you had it? I've had it, yes. I don't, like, have a big stash or anything, but, you know, it's as far as herbal teas go, that's one of the more more enjoyable flavors. It's fine. Don't give me mint tea. Really? Ah, I don't like it. It just tastes like warm mint. I don't see the problem. I'm not a big minter. Really? Yeah. So you're all just nothing but bubble gum for you, huh? (laughs) That's right, yeah. Um, okay, and then part two is we. Oh, so I know we had the OGE green tea wit. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. Have you had any other tea-based beers? Like those two that we just mentioned uh-huh. are like what pops into my mind. I'm sure there might be something somewhere in the mix, maybe even on the show, but mm-hmm. can't think of them right now. Yeah. Can you I, think of anything? Or I think I had a, tw- a, a twisted tea at one point, but I don't think that counts. <laughs> Remember when uh, we beard the band for corn and we made the twisted transistor? Oh yeah, <laughs> spiked tea. I, I was just thinking about that stupid band because a lot of new metal is—it's uh, getting respect is the wrong word, but a uh-huh. lot of people who unironically liked it back in the day, and a lot of the bands that have no business still being around, like the the, the twisted transistor, corn. Is apparently got another album out. <laughs> it, it it just bothers. They've been around for twenty five years. All right. Here's another tea touchstone for this beer. Rose hips. Very much so. Like a hibiscus with rose hips tea. Uh huh. And I can't even tell if that's just the hops mixing with the uh, the hibiscus and the strawberry because rose hips do have kind of that weird almost fruity flavor going yeah on. it's it, everything in here is pretty harmonious which um, is its biggest strength in my opinion yeah it would be very easy to have this unbalanced and have something just strawberry flavoring yeah right or oh, it's way too herby it's way too hoppy but mm-hmm. it's they have those knobs dialed in pretty pretty well it's pretty weird that they've got it nailed down this well i guess before we go into the ratings here you know we've been singing the praises i think the only drawback for me is the aftertaste sticks for a while like as i'm talking now it's still there it's not even necessarily bad like it's it's still something to kind of chew on after you finish drinking it but uh it 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 just stays for a while and maybe too long I don't know if it's too long because I like it, so I guess your mileage may vary. That's the thing, yeah. That's that's picking nits. Um, like, yeah, it's not a bad aftertaste. It's just present. Mm-hmm. It's not like a clean finish lager or something like that, oh, which I Lord wouldn't expect no. from it, but just for mm-hmm. a juxtaposition. Shall we rate it? Let's do it. And it's almost hard to do so because it's hard to compare it to anything. Mm-hmm. Even another brute. IPA, because uh, it's the different. O- the only similarities that I can see with uh, the once and future, question mark, King, 
uh, Rainbow Rain is that it's got the dryness to it. It does not have a sweetness. It's This thing is bone dry. Yeah. And it's fizzy. Yeah. Those are the only similarities I can see, just because uh, with that it had the champagne yeast in, which I assume this does too. But that one just tasted like a dry wine, whereas this one does taste like a dry wine, but it's a dry fruit wine, which is weird. Yeah, and, well, I like uh, a lot of the brew IPAs to have, like, that, uh, like a subtle, like you said, wine or fruity flavor. Mm-hmm. This one obviously is not subtle at all. It's no front straight, fruity, but again, not sweet. Um, it's It's bizarre. It is. I guess I can, I'll rate it first. Let me just take a quick SOJ. I'm going to give it a 4.5. Okay. It's pretty spectacular. It's very different in a very good way. You know, we've I think we've said it all, so I'll just, I'll leave it at that. Uh, I'm going to go with the exact same rating. The only thing that's holding it back mm-hmm. from even higher, I feel, is the hibiscus might get a little, and I do mean just like, Shaving garlic, a la Goodfellas, uh, <laughs> yeah. small amount it might get a little long in the tooth at the end. Right, I think that's some of the aftertaste that I was talking yeah, about. Yeah, definitely. Uh-huh. But uh, this one just knocks it out of the park, and I'm glad that you like this too, because I was gonna have to yell at you if you didn't <laughs> like this beer. No, it's it's great. I have been dreading this review. Oh, uh, no, I... just because you have, I can never tell with you. <laughs> I, I I zag on them. I you know you can't tell. I'm like a sidewinder missile. Um, That's not a good thing. <laughs> Let's get political, Michael. Hot take. I was going go. <laughs> to say one more thing about this. What was I going to say? I called myself a missile and I forgot. And I dare say, Michael, a strong beer of the year contender. Maybe yes, yes. I was doing a quick review recently, and the beers that are rated more than four, they're not as plentiful this year as in previous years we've so. had some weird stuff this year most assuredly yeah we've had our trip around the world but yeah also now i know what i was gonna say i'm glad we did this one earlier out of our normal rotation sure. just to i think the fresher this is the more amazing it's gonna be and if we had waited i think some of that could have diminished too but uh-huh it, yeah the time was right for this one so. absolutely but it's another one down the gullet Indeed it is. Michael, how about you tell us where uh, they can, the good people listening can find us, if not this beer. You can get in touch in a variety of ways. You can find us Twitter at APMPod, Facebook.com slash APMPod, and email us directly, APMPod at gmail.com. You can also check us out on Untapped, where host Emeritus Mike keeps up with all of our ratings there. Thanks, Mike. Thanks, Tom. <laughs> Nice little callback there. Mm-hmm. Rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Please do. In any case, so for Jeremy, I've been Michael. For Michael, I've been Jeremy. And this has been American Pale Males. Cheers. Cheers.